Hi, everyone. Back at you with another episode of ESEC Lending Insights, where we keep it unscripted, real, and interesting. Unscripted, Peter? I would say that's definitely true, but interesting. Why don't we let our listeners decide on that one? What we are here to do, folks, is share with you our thoughts and perspectives on the securities lending industry, whether that be about demand trends or just what's going on in the industry. And now over to our episode. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's Peter Bassler back with another episode of ESEC Lending Insights, joined by my friends, sometimes colleagues, co-hosts, Brooke Gilman and Jim Maroney. We're, I guess, in the middle of summer now, and it's getting hot everywhere, but it's good to have better weather. So how's it going, guys? It's good. The weekend was amazing. So I don't know, best weather weekend yet, maybe of the summer. So I'm feeling good. It's a Monday. July 4th weekend was pretty good too. That's true, actually. No well, need to true, actually. You can just say <laughs> true, right? Actually implies that I'm mostly wrong. Jim, you are 100% correct. I admire everything that you say. And yes, I don't know why I would second guess it. We oh. had some fireworks here before the podcast got started. So there could be people on different types of edges. Are we so, mostly uh, we'll, colleagues or are we mostly friends? Was that was that geared at friends, Peter? Yeah, it was. It was geared at friends. It was like we're friends in parentheses, mostly, and <laughs> colleagues. That's how I meant it, just to be clear for I, anyone who cares that's listening. I just wanted to clarify. No okay, yeah. got it. I'm going to anyway, save you both and jump right into market color. That's what tell I'm us, gonna... Tell us, tell us, <laughs> give it to us. It's starting to slow down a little bit. So June and July were quite busy, actually. So specials at least in the U.S., have been pretty good. ETF lending has been pretty good. The market has switched its focus. It feels very, very thin, both in the cash market and the sec lending market for new trades and new risk. But it shift the focus. I think it's squarely on June inflation numbers now and then the beginning of reporting season and earnings here. The market seems to want to take the temperature again on where we are from an economic standpoint. Are we slowing down? Are we leveling off? Are we in a recession? That sort of thing. So I expect M&A has been quiet as you would expect in July and August. IPOs are dead. So we're really just trying to keep what we have on the books on. Some of the specials continue to heat up and give us a little bit of pricing power. So we're re-rating where we can and where we have leverage, which is not standard in July, but nothing really new. It's been kind of quiet. We had an assassination of a former prime in Japan and the markets rally. I spoke with, as you guys did this morning, with our overnight Asia trader, and he reported a slowdown across the board. So it seems pretty quiet. The only spot outside of ETFs and some of the US specials is it's kind of credit and credit related. So anything that has to do with interest rate sensitivity or pricing as a spread off of treasuries seems to be under significant pressure. So corporate bonds, both high yield and investment grade. Some of the ETFs that track bank loans seem to be the best borrows in the market. Even muni bonds, which there is no short market in munis, but there are muni ETFs that you can short if you can get the borrow. And so nothing really that we ESEC traffic in, but just watching the market, it seems to be pretty good behavior in terms of pricing going our way. So that's a quick and dirty on the market. Did I miss anything? Any thoughts on like the meme stock situation? Because I know there was a name that you gave us a really well-written write-up on a while back, a few weeks ago, maybe just to show that that phenomenon isn't really dead. And I know GameStop continues to be a big borrow. 
Yeah, GameStop also announced a four-for-one stock split. So there might be something happening around that in terms of arbitrage, but it's hard to see at this point coming in next week. So we'll see. It looks like it's four-for-one in an entitlement via a dividend distribution. But yes, those names, the the meme-like names and the meme names themselves like GameStop and AMC seem to be well-shorted and hanging in there as we increase pricing. So thank God the market has that short memory because it goes away and, and all the pain of getting stopped out seems to have faded, or at least the funds that are getting short here. It's hard to tell, right? We borrow from Bowman Morgan, JP Morgan, whomever, and we don't know who's behind it on the other side. And so it may cycle through and the funds that were short all these names a year ago, two years ago, might not be short today. It might be others that are willing to jump in. So it's kind of hard to tell. And so you don't want to really connect those dots, but I guess that's what I was alluding to. Peter, with pricing power in the U.S., it's kind of these monoline names where they rely heavily on growth, quick growth, and cheap money seem to be under a little bit of pressure and people are willing to pay for those shorts, at least in the kind of short to medium term tenor trades. Jim, Um, I know a big trend that we've seen recently is sort of just a switch in collateral being mm -hmm. provided by certain dealers. So even though they might have a preference to pledge non-cash collateral or in particular equities, if a lender will allow for it, just because of the balance sheet efficiencies, we've seen a bit of a shift away from equities being pledged. And I know there's sort of multiple factors and reasons behind that. Can you maybe speak to what has changed that that is creating that sort of collateral shift at the moment? And then maybe your view on the duration and like what needs to change again for that to shift back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I probably should have led with that. So yeah, we've seen Non-cash is still a preference for the brokerage community. It's off balance sheet. It's less impactful from a capital standpoint than cash is under normal circumstances. But in many cases, when you sell an exclusive or when you're doing trades, we talk about non-cash being preferred, but a broad collateral set to accommodate for any market environment is always the best. As we saw back in March of 2020, when rates were going crazy and we wanted cash. And so cash became more because of price point than because of preference, but became a collateral of choice, at least for us. And we forced that to the street. And so, but in this instance, equity markets across the board, call them down 20, 25% from highs. Some of the heavily trafficked industries from a short perspective would be technology, biopharma, those sorts of names, EV, and they're down 50, 60, 70%. So if you think about paired trades and that being kind of the core strategy for long short, the boxes have shrunk. So what the borrowers will ask hedge funds to allow them to rehype their securities for leverage, there's not as many securities to rehype. So there's not as many securities both to cover their own shorts and to pledge to us as collateral. Therefore, they have to turn to agents for more borrows. And on top of that, leverage is down. And so with leverage down, their long box is down. And even if it's short leverage, their need to use their own internal supply is down. So I guess the net of all that, which is mostly pluses towards the cash side and maybe a negative or two, but we've seen way more cash borrows these days. We just sold a couple of exclusives, cash and non-cash, and they're coming in cash right out of the gate, which I've only been here five years. I haven't seen that yet. So I think it's short dated. We Once we get through the rate hikes, so call it September, we might see that revert back to the norm, certainly heading into year end. You're going to want to see cleanup of balance sheets from the borrower's perspective, and so they'll do what they can. But there's pre-commitments to fund E4E structures across the street with us, away from us. Um, And so those pre-commitments leave them pushing most of the collateral that they have in the box to those structures and then having to do all their new shorts and 
daily turn and volume versus cash. So it's a tricky little environment, particularly with rates going up. So many times your cost of funds is going to lead. You, what you lend your securities at is going to be more expensive than where you yield on the day of a hike. And then for, say, the next couple of days or a couple of weeks, depending on your portfolio on a reset. So I think cash will still be pretty easy to come by for the next couple of months, maybe for the next quarter, quarter and a half, and then we'll flip back to non-cash. But yeah, it's been meaningful because there are some clients who are positioned differently on the reinvest side than kind of less aggressive versus more aggressive or recover quicker and recover slower. But depending on the portfolios, you may or may not want that cash. Do we ever give the borrower the option to toggle between two if they've allocated to an exclusive? Is that a possibility? Not, Obviously, it would be, have some complications for a cash yeah. manager. But. Operationally, it's a nightmare. If you're talking about like, if we put out a million shares of IBM versus cash and tomorrow they want to flip it to non-cash. We've talked about it, Peter, but it, it really is an advantage for the borrower and a disadvantage for the lender. And so it just doesn't seem balanced. If they were willing to pay significantly more for that structure, you might be able to work it, but you can't have cash in and out especially yeah. in this environment, unless you're keeping it overnight, which right now overnights are probably yielding less than overnight product in general is yielding less than what it costs to put something out overnight. But yeah, it's a concept the market's long thought about and brokers have always whined about. I forget they listen to these podcasts. so I have to do <laughs> Yeah, that might not be the best word. They're going to love that one. They know they whine. Constructive feedback. I need so much blowback. Constructive feedback was the tone of our prior conversation. Anyway, what about auction performance, Jim? I know we've had a couple auctions at least since our last podcast. Yeah, the fixed income has been very, very strong. So we've seen new entrants into the entrance. That's a French word, in case people aren't familiar with it. Into the bidding on auctions in the fixed income space, both EM and high yield in the US, Euro high yield as well. So it's been nice. There's also, there's been... A bit of movement on the broker side in terms of personnel across the different fixed income desks as, I guess, broadly speaking, the U.S. houses are ramping up a little bit on housing credit long short funds. And so they've hired and people have moved around. And that's good for us as people who do exclusives, two or three people at one shop, one moves some here, one moves there. Now you have three shops that do exclusives or that like the idea of exclusive inventory. And so yeah, it's been pretty good. Outside of that, it's nothing surprising either way. I don't think we're just about done. We've got another fixed income in July, kind of toward the end of July. We expect that to go well. And then we're done until September and we'll start our general international book of business. And on the fixed income side, obviously high yield has always had a good bid, right? It's always mm -hmm. been a very strong asset class in the markets and for our auctions. Is, is there anything new in the investment grade space, given what you're saying, that there's a general good, strong market it, for fixed income? Yeah. I mean, there's a bid for it in exclusives, which historically there hasn't been. So it's a slight premium to what I think you'll get in discretionary. So it's really case by case, you weigh whether that bid makes sense or doesn't make sense, given the momentum that space has and with higher rates expected globally over the next couple of quarters, I would think that momentum is going to continue. So as we auction investment grade portfolios, we're getting bids, whereas we hadn't in the past. But those bids, even at a slight premium, need to be considered versus expectations for both our clients and us on a go-forward basis. And then, so I think case by case, we'll talk about it. But yeah, it's nice to have bids in that space. It's, it's akin to getting bids in the S&P 500. It's pretty rare or has been historically. Hashtag trending, as my kids would say. 
Peter, you're pretty busy these days. What's going on with you? My side is pretty busy. So we have very interesting conversations across the board with key names in our target segment, which are the largest, most sophisticated asset owners out there. So we're pretty excited about our opportunities going forward. You know, we're applying our business model in a variety of different ways and people are looking for new solutions today. And as you know, Brooke, that's kind of our wheelhouse, right? We are not just the bread and butter sec lending agent and we are constantly trying to refine new ideas with people. So it's an exciting time. It's good to see people kind of reaching back to my initial outreach. So that sometimes can be surprising. I do appreciate that. So yeah, there's a lot going on on our side. Thanks for tuning in again. Hopefully we gave you something to think about, some education, something to laugh about. We certainly like to laugh and make fun of each other because that keeps it fun. So hope you guys are having a good summer. Till next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope we left you with something interesting and productive to utilize in your daily securities lending activities. And friends, don't forget to subscribe to ESEC Lending Insights wherever you get your podcasts. And now for our disclaimer. This material is for your private information and does not constitute legal tax or investment advice. There is no representation or warranty as to the current accuracy of nor liability for decisions based upon such information. Thank you for listening.